Chris and Sandy, been with the Chris and Sandy Show, where we get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists. Now, as I say on every episode, we've got a great show for you today, because <clears throat> we always do. We have Gary Burke coming on, I guess it's Gary Burke III, um, coming on, and we're, we're excited to talk about parts of his story and talk about some music. So, Gary, are you here? Yes, I'm here. I guess I had to go by Gary Burke the Third, so because <laughs> that's how your profile is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so as we get started here, I always like to start with the big elephant in the room: um, COVID. How has it affected you, and how are you getting through it? Yeah, I mean, so with everything going on, it's it, we've leaned on our fans on the the live platforms, you know, Facebook. Um, Instagram and things like that to, to really connect with our fans because most of the the live shows this year have all been canceled. And uh, imagine if this would have happened 10 years ago. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> although Facebook was around, it wasn't like it is now, and you didn't have all the live videos and all that back then. It definitely wasn't perfected like it is now. Yeah. You know, for us, the COVID has kind of made us go the other way because um, we launched January 3rd of this year, and the original plan was to do 100 interviews first year. Pretty good goal. Yeah. I thought that that would beat most people, I think, you know, on their first year. And when the whole COVID happened, I, was, I told Sandy, I was like, you know, this may be our year to shine. And because exactly. of that, we have done over 200 interviews already. Wow, that's awesome. So the goal now is 300. <laughs> <laughs> Which, based on the way we've been doing the numbers, we'll probably hit 300 sometime around the end of November, beginning of December, if I'm calculating correctly. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's really amazing. <clears throat> well, thank you. So I'd like to start light before we really dig in. So what are some hobbies you like to do outside of music? So I have four kids. Um, I really, you know, just kind of enjoy hanging out with them and we like to go camping and things like that. So. Yeah. We got two kids, uh, eight year old and, uh, (laughs) oh my. (laughs) And that's a handful. So I can only imagine four. Yeah. Mine are three, six and eight. I have twin boys and two girls. Oh, wow. (laughs) That must be a handful. It's fun. Mm. <laughs> You'll leave it at that, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what would you say is something unusual about you? Hmm. Um, something unusual that people may not know. I'm a super picky eater. I don't eat very much of a variety of food. Oh, wow. <clears throat> That's pretty cool. Um, I'm glad I'm not that way, (laughs) (laughs) but, but I do know people that are that way. So, you know, it's, they're definitely out there. So at what age did you know that this could be a career for you? Not necessarily the age that you wanted to be an artist, but the age where it clicked. And what was that moment like when you thought, wow, this could be a career. So when I was nine, I started singing and, it kind of 
I had the opportunity to do a lot of great things at the age of nine. Um, and it's just one thing after another, I kept sticking with it. And when I got a little bit older, I think I was 16, I got involved in bands and things like that. And after that, I released my my first single in 2017. Mm-hmm. Rest was history. I knew this is what I wanted to do. Oh wow! It just came. <laughs> yeah. So, who's been some of your um, growing up? Who are some of your um, musical influences, and who are they now, and how have they changed? So, I'm a huge fan. I uh, was a huge fan, still am, of Alabama. Um, mm-hmm. I have had the opportunity to work with some of them guys in Fort Payne, Alabama, which was, I mean, just amazing. Um, You know, so they were, they were really one of my big, I don't want to say, they were like my idol growing up. Yeah. Yeah. And who are some now? Um, I would have to say I really like Luke Combs. Um, I'm really enjoying what he's doing and things like that. Um, and he's got five nominations. I just saw that this morning. I thought that was crazy. <laughs> I was like, "Whoa!" I, I don't know. He. I don't know who's got the most. I don't know if it could be him for this year. Yeah, I think he's got to be up there if he's not the most. And um. I think Ashley McBride either had four or five. Also, I can't, you know, I can't remember that, but she had several too. I know that. Yes, yes. <clears throat> it's really cool seeing some of the newer ones starting to actually move into that because you know sometimes you're, you're like, okay, the same, okay, that's the same five people every year. <laughs> yeah, nominated, and this you know, and you're like, people. I mean, don't get me wrong, Carrie Underwood. Deserves to be there every year, but so do a few other people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so as you know, you know, one thing I like to do on the show is I think that it's not talked about enough. Is as you know that uh, when fans see the artists, they see the glory, they see the fun, they don't see the grind, they don't see the sacrifice, the tears in the artists that that it takes. You know, they see the Blake Shelton's up there. They don't see what it takes to get there. And I always like to talk about that side of it because I think it needs to be talked about more often um, because people just don't do that. And and I think it gives shows the depth of the artist even more when we bring it out. And I'm going to tell a quick story that will help us guide us to where I want this little part to go. But back in 2014, we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Still Girls. And at that time, they were full-time with music. And one of the questions I asked her was, what advice would she give an up-and-coming artist? And she said, this is going to sound funny coming from someone full-time, but if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music, then go do that and keep music as a hobby. She goes, because the moment you want it to be a career, you no longer own your life. Almost everybody owns a piece of it. Then on top of that, your friends and relatives, they never understand. They invite you to weddings. They invite you to cookouts. They invite you to weekends, to holidays. But you've got gigs. You can't, you know, this is your career. This is your life. And a lot of times they don't understand. Then there's days you just feel miserable. And you, but you've got to get on that stage that night and smile like it's the best, best day ever. 
And then, of course, your family also has a sacrifice through all this, not just you, the artist. You know, the whole family around the artist has to sacrifice. But then she added, but if your heart will not allow you to do anything outside of music, then go all in because the only way that those kind of sacrifices could ever be worth it. What do you think of what she said? And let's talk about that a little bit. So, I mean, I can definitely agree with that because it's not that, I mean, I have a normal, I don't want to call it a normal job, but I have a a day job sort of that I do. Um, And I'm right there with it because, you know, I, I do understand the sacrifices because there's been lots of times where, you know, we've been on tour and I've missed, you know, a lot of different things. Um, you know, missed holidays, missed birthdays and things like that. But, you know, it's the sacrifice you have to make to, to live mm-hmm. this life. Um, yeah. And it's it's definitely a, a huge sacrifice. I, I can't even say anything more about that. Most definitely, because, you know, <clears throat> I mean, that's like I remember when, when you hear like your, a lot of the big artists get interviewed, and, and a lot of times people don't understand this, and this is why I always like to talk about this whole issue of the sacrifice, the struggle, the no plan B type attitudes, because if people don't get that, you know, you know, music or creativeness, I should say, is really the, about the only industry, you know, from like music, film, TV, all that. That's about the only industry to where you almost have to have no plan B if you're ever going to make it big. Like I remember there's so many um, artists that are be, that's interviewed that's big, and there's always that same question that the hosts always ask. And they always ask them, what would you be doing if music didn't work out? And their answer 90% of the time has always been the same. I would just be a broke musician because I had no plan B. <laughs> yeah yeah certainly and i mean that's i hear that a lot too where a lot of guys you know a lot of men women uh artists that this is their life they don't have a plan b so i can definitely relate to that <laughs> and I, and you know again as you know within the entertainment industry it's it's about the only industry where there is no plan b but you know there's a reason for it because you know there's so much struggle into making it to the top in this type of industry to where I remember hearing one of the big artists say why he had no plan B. He said, he says, anybody that has a plan B, when it gets tough, plan B becomes plan A. Yeah. <clears throat> and you just, and you just had, and it, like he said, I remember him saying he always thought if, if he ever went another route, then he'd be all in on that route. But right now, he's all in, no matter what, to see where it goes. <laughs> yeah, and I can definitely agree with that. So as you look back on your career a little bit, what are some moments where you're like, wow, I got to do that? Um, oh, boy. <laughs> I mean, there's just been so and I many. Saw, and I, and um, I saw that you're getting to perform at the Josie Awards this year. Yes, yeah. Um, we're actually going to be performing there on this coming Saturday. Um, we had the opportunity. Um, we're nominated for three awards. Mm-hmm. And 
Um, I was, I mean, that was a, the, a huge accomplishment. Um, I mean, I've had the opportunity over the past oh, almost eight months now to work with a gentleman by the name of Eric Gunderson from the band Love and Theft. Yeah. Um, he has produced my last three songs and he's on my, we're working on the next one right now. Um, and the song that we got nominated for is like that, oh, wow. which he produced. So mm-hmm. it was, it was really to, first of all, get tied in with him and then not only just get tied in with him, but also that was the first song of mine that he produced. So yeah. for the first song that he produced with, you know, with me, um, mm-hmm. to go and up for three awards is just awesome. That is really, I love that. Um, any other moments where you're like, wow, and I know you got a bunch of them, and you know, a few that kind of really stand out. Yeah. So, I mean, I had the opportunity, uh, la- well, last, last year I was, had the opportunity to open with <laughs> Brett Young, Dustin Lynch, oh, wow. um, Alabama, which was, you know, one of my idols growing up. Um, <laughs> So I had the opportunity to to get on that show, and it was a, it was a lot of fun, and it was it was really cool to get to go out and play, you know, all my songs, mm-hmm. um, and that kind of crowd. Um, you know, I, another moment would be probably um, just my last single that I released. Um, it was called Two Lane Airplane, mm-hmm. and it made it to I think it was the number one charts on the uh, number one on the iTunes charts in South Africa, which was, oh, wow. you know, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was really, it was really neat to see that. So um, in the first week I got uh, an award for uh, it was like 50,000 streams in the first week. And then oh, wow. the song has been out for a month today and it has like 120,000 streams on it, I think. So mm-hmm. it was really a neat, neat thing. I mean, I was used to, you know, maybe twenty thousand streams on a song in the first month, and then this one made it to hundred over a hundred thousand. So it was really neat to to see that happen. That is really cool. And which perfect time for us to take a quick break, and then we're gonna actually play that song, and then we're gonna come back and talk some more. How's that sound? All right, that sounds good. Hang on the line. Hey everyone, we have partnered with another great podcast called the Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand. Floating on cloud nine on maybe 11. Driving like hell and straight for heaven. Hallelujah, honey. You got your mind and body. Waiting on me to 
Yes, great song. Thank you. <laughs> so, um, how'd that song come about? So, um, I actually, I'd hooked up through uh, with a few friends on Facebook, and a gentleman by the name of Mark Narmore wrote that song. Um, he wrote, uh, That's What I Love About Sunday for Craig Morgan. Mm-hmm. Um so I had the opportunity to hook up with him, and he had he had wrote this song, and it was sent to me. And I, I, as soon as I heard it, I was like, "Yeah, I, I, this fits my fits my repertoire so far." Um, so we went back and forth, and then I took it to Eric, um, you know, from Love and Theft, and I said, "Hey, you know, this is what I want to do." And he said, "Oh yeah." Mm-hmm. So we put our own spin on it, and it turned out really good. I'm really happy with the record. I'm really happy with how it turned out, and. I'm excited with the, uh, the the new levels that it's kind of taken my career to. That is really awesome. So one of the things I like to do on our show is, um, as you know, there's always a team behind the artists that helps them be who they are, but they don't never get the love out there. You know, fans, they see the artists. They don't see the PR people. They don't see the managers, producers, any of that. So I always like to take yeah. a couple minutes for the artists to kind of talk about their team. So if you want to tell us about the people – that surround you, that help you be who you are. Yeah, certainly. So, I mean, I have a, a great management team, MPS Management Group out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, mm. He has done wonderful things for me. 
I have a, a couple of different booking agents that I use, um, you know, kind of promoters, so to say, that really help me with shows. Um, one one of the top ones is Schwartz Mid America Entertainment out of uh, Johnstown, Pennsylvania. Um, of course, I have my family, which I have uh, my beautiful fiance. We have our kids. Um, they're they're all big supporters. They think it's so cool. Um, <laughs> And then I have my dad, which is, uh, he's like my, I, I call him my biggest fan, but he's also oh, like wow. big, my biggest <laughs> fan manager. <laughs> uh-huh. Tour man- I'm a tour manager. That. Yeah. So tell us, you know, when, when people talk about their parents and they're like their dad, like that always like to go a little deeper in that one. Tell us a story. And, and you probably got thousands of them, but just something that stands out when I ask you this, but tell us a story where your dad went above and beyond and you were like, wow, he gets, this is my passion. Yeah, definitely. So just recently, um, my, my dad was going through some stuff and I wanted to, to really make him a part of one of my songs. And mm-hmm. I have a song. I have a song that's going to be releasing in probably about two months. Um, and I called him. He lives in Pittsburgh. Well, North of Pittsburgh. And uh, I was on the road. We were visiting family in Missouri, and I called him because Eric had called me and said this one was about done. I called him. I called my dad, and I said, hey, I need you to meet me in Nashville tomorrow. And he said, oh, well. uh, no, I'm, in, I'm at home. I was like, no, you got to meet me in Nashville tomorrow. We've got, we've got to do. And he was like, I, I, all right, you know what? I'll be there. So, I mean, oh, wow. 10, hours, 10 hours later, he was in Nashville with me. Um, we had met there. <laughs> And I kind of sprung it on him last minute and told him what he was going to be doing. And I actually was able to incorporate his voice into um, the song, the new song that's going to be coming out here in the next couple weeks. So it was, it was really a, a cool moment. And like, you know, it was one of those moments that I was like, wow, he really will just do anything I ask for my career. <laughs> wow. I love that story though. You, cause you never know what stories you're going to hear on here, but that, that one to all of a sudden say, look, I need you, and bam, he's there. That says it all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, wow. and that's not the first time I've done it. I mean, he's he chased me. I mean, not only him. Half my family has chased me all yeah. around the state. Um, I've played a, a couple shows in Nashville where I've called my family and been like, hey, we're playing in Nashville next week. And they're like, all right, we're getting hotel rooms now. So, I mean, I have an <laughs> awesome support group. Um, I played in I, I played in Philadelphia with uh, Brett Young, Cassidy Pope, um, Dustin Lynch, a couple guys, and uh, my entire family. Like I'm talking, my entire family showed up as a kind of a oh, surprise. Wow. Um, we got there in the morning. We were getting ready to do sound check. I opened the bus door, and my entire family was standing there. So it was, it was really neat because you know that's a, <laughs> that's a five six hour trip across the state. And uh, uh-huh. there was all probably twelve, probably like twelve family members standing outside of the bus just waiting. So it was really <laughs> a neat experience. I, I have an awesome, awesome family that really does support what I do. That is really awesome. I love to hear that. You know, we are a family affair show, and we kind of we have a yeah. third co-host, where our little eight-year-old boy we always allow to come on and ask one question to each artist. So Sandy's going to get yep. him on real quick. And, you know, we got an 18-month-old daughter that when she gets old enough, we plug in her in, too. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. Uh, okay, here's Christopher with his question. 
All right. Hi, Jimmy. What's your favorite food? My favorite food is chicken tenders. Mmm. That sounds good, don't it, little Chris? Yeah. What's What's yours, little Chris? Pizza. I'm right there. That's my second favorite. So, I'm right there with you. <laughs> <laughs> Fine, thanks. Yeah. Good talking to you. You know, I guess we eat pizza a little too much because, of course, he always says that. And then yes, yesterday for the first, and what's funny is yesterday for the first time we we, we bought a little Caesar's pizza, and mm-hmm. we came home, and our little eighteen month old daughter said pizza pizza, and we, and she Sandy and I looked at each other was. like, what did she just say? Yeah. So it begins. <laughs> uh, I'm sitting there like, okay, we need Little Caesars to sponsor our show, I think. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so if you could co-write with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be, and what would you want to write about? Oh, my. Um, I would honestly have to say probably Holmes. Um If I had the opportunity to write with somebody, it would probably be him, because... I mean, he he's really golden material. I mean, and now he's as far as what a poster I, child right now. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. To, to pick what I would write about, oh my, it's hard to say. I mean, I live in the backwoods of Pennsylvania, so at some point I, I got to write a song about my hometown. Yeah, that would be cool. Yes. And, you know, I love what, you know, I guess what was it, six months ago, a year ago, something like that, where Luke Combs posted on Twitter about him going to the, at the beginning of his career, record is all said that six of his songs would never make it. And all six went number one. Yeah, exactly. And that, you know, that happens in, I think, every artist's career. They get told no. They get told they're terrible or it happens. I mean, that's mm-hmm. And a lot of times the guys that are told no the most are the ones that become the most successful. <laughs> What's funny is we we, we interviewed um, <clears throat> um one of the guys that used to be a part of a label. Because um, we also do a podcast called State of the Music Business where we bring on executives and professionals from the business side of music. And we was chit-chatting with him about the music industry. And he was telling us how executives do get it wrong like him. And he said that – I can't remember which two, but I do remember one of them. That he said that – he remember I remember one of them that he said came to him and his team, and he said that would never work, and it was Kenny Chesney. Oh, wow. Yeah, he said yeah. – he said I'm, he said I'm still kicking my butt on that one. Yeah, I have no <laughs> doubt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that took a lot for him to admit that, right? You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did he say a, another one was Jason Aldean? I think was that's another right. One. That was the so, other one, Jason Aldean. Yeah. Both of those, he said, would never work. Mhm. Yeah. And, and you know, again, <laughs> the most successful artist out there. Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> exactly, because you know, again, yeah, and I are. think that makes them tougher too, because. You know, you got to have some rejection, so that because you're always going to have rejection, so that you can get that thick skin, so that the higher you go, you can handle it. 
Yeah, certainly. I mean, without rejection in this, uh, you know, it doesn't matter who you are. I mean, if you're the the best singer to come out of your hometown or whatever, I mean, there's going to be rejection, and that's a part of the yeah. game. I mean, call it a game, but that's part of it. Yeah. <clears throat> so now there's probably going to be a thousand answers to this question, but just kind of pick the one that just pops in your head. Um, but what is a song out there that you've heard that you that you thought I wish I wrote that? You should be here by Cole Swindell. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, that's, it is. Yeah, a good that, one. that's a really powerful one. Yes, we super- love that one. Because yeah, I think about my mom when I when that, cause my mom's passed away back in '03, and Sandy thinks about her dad, which I think about her dad too, because he passed away a few, yeah. you know, about six years ago. And, mm-hmm. you know, they both should be here, you know, to experience what we're experiencing right now. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And, I mean, that's kind of my reasoning. Um, I had a, a my uncle who had passed away from cancer um, about seven years ago now. Um, and it was – I still – before he passed, I told him that every concert I gave him a ticket no matter what. Mm-hmm. And – Still to this day, I make sure that there's a there's a spot somewhere for them. So I mean, it oh, definitely, wow. uh, yeah, it's 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 one of those songs that I definitely and we actually we do that song in my live show. <laughs> oh cool! Oh wow! I love that. So, what song of yours would you say means the most, and why? Hmm, like that. So, like that was released. Um, it was the kind of the sing the debut single off of my first album. Um mm-hmm. or it was the single off of my debut album. Um when that song had first come out, when I first released it, um COVID was kind of just starting to oh, wow. make it and it's what you know, what it is um mm-hmm. today. Mm-hmm. And my uncle, my other uncle, I was at my great uncle um, had passed away. He was the first person in my, my little community here to pass away from COVID. My wow. aunt Sorry called, to hear that. Oh, it's yeah. And, uh, he was a, he was a pretty influential person on the community, but my aunt had called me and, uh, she said, I'll tell you what, it's like, you wrote that song for me and uncle Bill. And, uh, oh, wow. ever since it was one of those, it's one of those songs thing. It, that's all I can think about is, you know, this this was like the it came out at the perfect time. I mean, it came out, I think, three days before he had passed. So, and my oh, aunt wow. got to hear it for the first time, almost I think the day after he had passed away. And it really, uh, it, it that one really hit me in the feel goods. So, <laughs> yeah, well, because music has power. It, it has does power of heal. It definitely heals people. Certainly. <clears throat> so this past February made the five-year anniversary that um, we asked Kelsey Ballerini where she wanted wanted to be in five years. And I'll always tell this story because I always want artists to really think about what can happen before I ask them this same question. Because we, when we asked her that question, the answer she gave us is almost to the T of what she's living right now. So we always thought that was pretty cool that she, we, yes. she said that she knew where she was going. She had that vision. So where do you want to be in five years? Yeah. So, I mean, I would like to have at least two more albums out. 
Um, I would like to be on tour, you know, with, I'd like to be headlining a tour for sure within the next yeah. five years. Um, mm-hmm. And just have the opportunity to work with artists and, you know, collaborate with different songwriters and see what could kind of come out of it. <laughs> Love that. Now, let's say that 10 years down the road, 15 years down the road, you're a success. Whatever that looks like, you are a success. If the person you are now could meet your future self, what would you tell him? Something that's always been told to me since I started in my music career, always remember your roots. Yeah, love that. Yes. That's mm-hmm. so important. You know, that, that's just like with Darius Rucker. He's one of the few that you know where Darius is from. You, you don't have to read where Darius is from. Almost every video that he does is based out of Charleston, South Carolina. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, and he's one of the few that does that, and I love that because, which, well, first off, Charleston's a beautiful place because we live in Savannah, and we go yes, to Charleston a lot, which next year we're moving to Nashville, but we go to Charleston a lot. So it's a beautiful place anyway. But for mm-hmm. him to tribute Charleston to so much, it just shows he's proud of where he's from. Certainly. I mean, in my hometown has, has been a great support to my career, and that's mm-hmm. something that I've forgotten. That is awesome. <clears throat> so let's say you had a friend of yours, and you heard him or her sing. And they have something special. There's definitely something special. And let's say that they've played maybe 40 shows. So they've only, they're still getting their feet wet on the performance side. But they've gotten on stage. And they got what every artist says, that stage bug where they look over the crowd. And the crowd's roaring. And they know they're in the right place. And they come to you. And they say, I know I'm supposed to do this with the rest of my life. What advice would you give that specific person to help guide them the next two, three, four years? Yeah, certainly. Um, chase your dreams. Don't stop. There's going to be a lot of hurdles that you have to overcome. Um, network as much as you possibly can, um, no matter where you are. I mean, it doesn't matter whether you're playing a show in front of five people or 5,000 or 50,000, for that matter. Always put on your mm-hmm. best show because you never know who's going to be there. You never know. You know, you're, you're a handshake away from potentially changing your life. And you know, living out your dream. And if that's mm-hmm. what you want to do with you, don't don't give up. I love that. And, and you know, and you're putting on a performance for the fans too. And you know, it doesn't matter if there's one fan there. They that person deserves that time because they're there. Exactly. <clears throat> so, as a independent artist like yourself, um, as you're going up the ranks. You, I'm sure you become friends with other artists that's chasing this crazy dream with you. Um, so who are one or two artists that people should know? Um, let me see. I always put people on the spot because they're, sometimes they're like, I've got a, <laughs> so many, and if I pick one or two, oh, then yeah. others are going to get upset. <laughs> yeah, I know. That. Huh, how, do I, how do I narrow this down to one or two? Um, I mean, there's there's a couple great guys that uh, you know are also on my. There's a couple great guys that I'm on my management team with. Uh, great guys mm-hmm. and women. Um, 
stage. You know, there's another Pittsburgh artist, which is, he goes by the name of Frank Vieira. He's he's a good mm-hmm. dude. He's got great hair now. Um, and there's a female artist that's on on with uh, MTS that is Ashley Puckett, and she's a she's a, she's just starting out in this. She's um, she's really putting out some good material. So that is awesome. And, uh, and I know and I know of her. So yes, she's really good. <clears throat> so as we um, come to a close here. What is a question that you wish hosts like us would ask, but they kind of never do? Hmm. Um, let me think. You guys have covered more than I think any interview that I've ever had, so it's kind of. And we love to hear that. <laughs> oh, we do love to hear that. It's definitely different. Um, and that's our and that's our goal with each of the artists, you know. Mm-hmm. Whether we go thirty, forty minutes, whether we go sixty minutes, we want in depth. We want it to be, you know, more than what they're not used to, um, because the goal of this show is to get up close and personal with every artist. Yeah, yeah, certainly. I, you know, I think you guys covered so much that I can honestly say I don't know another question that you could ask. <laughs> Now what? Uh, <laughs> we will end right there. I love that. So tell yeah. everybody how they can reach you. Yeah, certainly. So you guys can find me on Facebook. Um, it's at the Gary Burke. I'm on Instagram at the Gary Burke I I I. Um, my website is Gary Burke the Third, which is three eyes dot com. And um, you know, be sure to be on the lookout on Saturday because we will be live streaming from the Josie Awards at the red carpet. Oh, awesome. Oh, awesome. So, we really enjoyed having you on the show today, and we definitely look forward to having you back down the road. Yeah, I can't wait to talk to you guys again soon. Thank you so much for the opportunity, and I'm looking forward to talking to you soon. All right. Sounds good. We'll we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Thanks. Bye.